Welcome guys to the Rolling Stoner Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Rolling. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. How you guys doing? I'm with Cam and Jacob. What's good, everybody? Howdy. I'm doing fucking fantastic. I finished moving all my shit today, so honestly, yeah. it, it's all bliss from here out. It's perfect. And we're kind of finalizing the official move into the new house. Hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. A lot of potential in these walls. I'm liking, I'm liking, I'm liking where we're at. Yeah, me too. Lots of new storylines coming out. We definitely fractured the sacred timeline with this shit. <laughs> we definitely did. Oh, yeah. There was a huge Nexus event. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of branch realities just forming and making and developing in their own thing. We all got our own little timelines and narratives to live, but we're all kind of doing it in unison same place nice. it's very nice I can't wait to see when everyone's rooms finished except for Luke Luke already got his room finished yeah, he's the first just, but yeah, that's sure. congrats on that shit cause it took us like a fucking week bro that's cause we were lazy in the GLV we're like yeah. I don't wanna move all my shit and we only had one moving truck and Luke got all his shit in the moving truck yeah, I also was like kind of more motivated because all my shit was in my grandparents' garage. Yeah, he was like oh, homeless God. here. <laughs> I, was, so, yeah. I was very trying to yeah, make it that. You're like, I want a complete room today. Yeah, and you got it. I'm like, I want my place now. All right, so we're gonna go some recent events some that recent have events. happened. Is Netflix hired Facebook's former Oculus Rift and EA Games executive? Mike Verdu, and it looks like they're gonna like branch into the gaming industry. Woohoo! No shy. Cool. Yeah, they want to go beyond just TV and film content. Well, that's gonna be interesting. I wonder what games Netflix would come out with. What do you think they do? Like, will you rent a game on their like streaming service or something? I wouldn't fucking. You know, like how they have those, those, those it, like, sites virtual reality. You know, you know how Netflix it. already has those interactive movies and stuff. Yeah, like, there's a new meditation one. Black Mirror is another one. Yeah. It's probably gonna be something like that where it's like a movie game. Like, it's kind of, it's gonna have a cool storyline. Maybe it's probably it's probably gonna be something like that because they can't stray away from movies. Too yeah, much. I think they're getting into the interactive, like narrative yeah. storytelling. And that's kind of like what games are. I think we video might be looking anyway. at like a new type of media, though. It might be a new type of media because no games out right now are like a full movie and a game, like like God of War and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, like, there's like cutscenes and all. Yeah, but like imagine just playing through a movie. That'd be pretty cool. Mortal Kombat. Eh. That's just eh. a movie based on a video game. No, I just like imagine like a Mortal Kombat show, just like. Just oh, like well, a, you're just a, fighting. Like a fighting show. Yeah, that would be dope. As well. That would be cool. And you're just like a 4D experience. That's probably what it would be like. I hope like if they're Netflix originals or their Netflix specials, you can play as characters from their Netflix originals, yeah. like all their own characters. That'd be cool. You never know. They have know. a huge the, opportunity. The possibilities are cool. Yeah. Horizons are always expanding. It's a whole new digital frontier. Because they need to come up with something to compete with Hulu and Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely go behind. Yeah. They're not as bad as Amazon, but Amazon yeah, shows Amazon are right now. <laughs> the Amazon way they Prime just market is ass. But like most of them, like you've never heard of. Yeah, yeah. I really just like the boys. The boys. The boys. The boys. There was a new Michael B. Jordan sh- movie on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, he's like. Where he's like. Is it like yeah, yeah, special ops yeah. guy? His like family dies and yeah. he just goes off. Oh. And then to add more to the news, uh, the 
U.S. drug overdose death increased by 29% in 2020, hitting a record 93,000 amid the pandemic. Yeah, people people really did hell drugs. <laughs> and it is driven in part by fentanyl. Fentanyl. They, they're doing cocaine yeah. in the free time. Yeah, a lot of people doing drugs in the pandemic. I was sipping the remedy. But then China also debuted the world's largest national carbon trading system today, uh, which is expected to like improve carbon emissions and stuff like that. It's like the best thing to combat uh, air pollution, which is good because China's the most Do you know what they're doing place. more? Like what, what, is, what are they actually doing? I don't really Playing know. Playing Uyghurs in internment camps? I mean, <laughs> they're kind of vague about it. They're just like, this is the largest carbon like, emission trading system. Shanghai. Which means like, it's kind of like recycling the air pollution to create energy, and it also like, filters the air. So it's adapting and mitigating. That's yeah. pretty cool. And reversing. And reversing. Yeah, which is pretty dope. And then, and that's kind of all just like, the recent news and now we get to play a new game on the show it's called stoner or alcoholic yay so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a couple names a couple famous people and you're gonna guess if they're a stoner or an alcoholic sounds good all right so number one is rihanna alcoholic i feel like she gets wine drunk a lot alcoholic yeah she knows it's actually she is a stoner. She's been uh, really proficient. Like she talks about smoking weed a lot, actually. And in 2012 at Coachella, she rolled a perfect blunt on her bodyguard's bald head. I Rihanna, those made her Which ten is, times cooler. That is a stoner. Made her like five times hotter. Yeah, bro. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> snaps. Snaps. Next one, Bradley Cooper. Alcoholic. Alcoholic. Yeah, he's an alcoholic. But he has been sober for 10 years. Bullshit. Quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what they claim. But he openly talks about his alcoholism and his struggle. And he's actually you kind of used it and his experiences to be really good at playing characters who struggle with alcohol abuse. Like if you've ever seen him act in uh, A Star is Born, he plays an alcoholic like, super, like country star. And he like pisses the stage when he like wins a Grammy. Wow. Demi Lovato would be really good on Cops. Alright, so the next one is Bill Maher. He is a political comedian and host of the Real Time with Bill Maher. Pretty funny guy. Uh, What do you think he is? Stoner or alcohol? Stoner. I feel like him and J-Lo are getting high as hell together. Yeah, he's actually a stoner. Uh, he's actually lit in the blunt up on the show and uh, smoked it in order to treat for his glaucoma in his third eye. Nice. <laughs> all right, the next one, Olympic, one of the greatest Olympians of all time and Baltimore native, Michael Phelps. Stoner, stoner. or alcohol. Stoner, bro, he eats so much, too. Eating so much, being an Olympic athlete, you know, after all that shit. You gotta heal your body. You gotta do something to repress. Oh yeah, something and to relax the muscles. Oh yeah. Right after all the drug tests. Yeah, you guys are both right. He is a stoner. Also, like all swimmers are kind of stoners. A lot they of my are. friends who swam when they were kids and shit. Even I swam as a kid and 
I'm a stoner now. So I fucking, didn't swim, you get a good long yeah, which I gives you a good talent for hitting bongs, which Michael Phelps was actually caught on camera taking a massive bong rip in 2009. But he also has a strain named after him. That's raw. Michael Phelps OG Kush. You can look it up on Leafy. And then our last celebrity on the list is Kanye West. Alcoholic or stoned? <sighs> Alcoholic. I feel like both, bro. Oh, I don't know. Stoner. You think stoner? I'm just going to say that just because Kanye's an alcoholic. Yeah, he is an alcoholic. Uh, says that he has struggled with alcohol abuse, uh, but no one because no one called him out for it. They were too busy calling him like bipolar and crazy. Yeah. And no one's like, hey, dude, you have a drinking problem. So he kind of had to. Because when he went up on the stage at the Grammys, people were laughing at him. People weren't mad. Bro, it's Taylor Swift. Let's be real. <laughs> Very true. So now he says he just takes it one day at a time. Which I don't know really what that means. Does it that mean like, like a drink a day? Yeah, just one drink a day, or is it just he wakes up one day and is like, "Am I going to be an alcoholic today, or am I, or am I just going to try to?" That's probably not more be? like it. That's and then if he decides to be an alcoholic, he's like, "Eh, it's only one day." Yeah, day by day. Yeah. But anyway, we got a great show for you guys. Uh, the fun fact of the day is about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then we have a debate on. Disney Channel versus Nickelodeon. So stay tuned for all of that. Spoilers. Little it is Nickelodeon. <laughs> 45 minutes. Alright. Alright, so for the fun fact of the day, I got special guest Ethan Doty, and we're going to talk about the history and the some couple fun facts about the band Red Hot Chili Peppers. Facts. So I think something that's pretty like pretty interesting. It's like 1991, their most popular album, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. Well, first, let's get let, let's introduce the audience to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How would you describe the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Say, like, a pretty California band. Uh, kind of like, like surfer music. Yeah, really big in the 1990s. 90s, early 2000s gotcha, era. Like, like, it's like, it was, I'd say it's like an alternative rock punk yeah, big band. like big throwback band, mm-hmm. like something you throw on, like you heard your dad listening to, oh, like yeah. the two thousand like fives when you were like mm-hmm. five years yeah. old. And they were really big in California. Facts, yeah, especially where I grew up, they were huge, which is why I'm like a huge fan of them. Gotcha. Definitely love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But fucking their most like famous album, nineteen ninety one, was recorded in fucking Harry Houdini's house. Oh, that's so dope. Is where is Harry Houdini's house? It's in like, it's like a haunted mansion. It's like in L. A. Okay. Which I don't know like the exact address because they've never like really. But it's like it. a big like California, big like, like South California landmark. Like yeah, like I get like ha- haunted mansion. Like everyone like. I all do the I celebrities. mean it's the home of a dead magician? Exactly, of it's gonna be haunted. No one wanted to like pull up to the house, but he like recorded his album, went crazy, and he decided he was gonna record like the next two there. So we did that, Interesting. which is crazy. Gotcha. So who are the members of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? So there was like. There's two. There's Anthony Kiedis, who's, like, the main singer. Mm-hmm. And then Flea, who's, like, the bass And those player. are the only two guys in the band? And or? then they were the only two that were, like, concrete throughout the whole time. Ah, and gotcha. they had, like, guitarists and drummers coming in and out for, like, ten years. Who Isn't Flea a drummer? He's, a, he's like, a bassist. Oh, he's a bassist? I'm pretty okay. sure, at least. I might be fucking stupid, but... 
Um, yeah, those two were concrete, and they had two people going in and out for a few years. Um, and they would pretty much, like, pretty much just kick them out over, like, artistic differences, which is pretty crazy, like, just in, like, how they sounded for a So while. how many albums did the Red Hot Chili Peppers have? It's interesting. I, th- I, think, I think, like, ten. Ten? Yeah. yeah. What are, like, some of the majors? Them. What are your favorites? I would say that first one that I just said, fucking... Uh, 1991? 1991, fucking, uh, what's it called? That's the one in Houdini's house? Was that the one that they were on heroin? Yeah, they were on fucking Flea and Kiedis. As long as, like, what I read in their biography, at least Keith's biography, he fucking was on heroin for a minute. Him and Flea, like, got hooked on, like, I feel like a lot drugs. of, like, a lot of, like, like rock, rock and roll celebrities. Yeah, they were, they were hooked on like, shit. fucking Motley Crue was into that shit, though. yeah. yeah. So like they were they were hooked on that shit and he talked about it in his like in his biography it was like the best time of his life for like writing songs but like the worst time in his life for like everything his house yeah. yeah so like he was yeah, living it, like it kills you like yeah you feel great it was right feel. after the first album so like he's on a high like already making hell like tons of money can support his drug addiction so it doesn't seem like a problem because he can like yeah, he's afford successful it. yeah yeah so he's fine so it's really a problem at that point and him and Flea kind of realized that and they kind of put that into like one I don't even know not a super big expert but so what are a couple songs that were on the album like while they were in the stage that one Under the Bridge is a good okay. one on that album Under Bridge, yeah, that's other really albums like Other Side is a pretty good one off a later album which is kind of them talking about getting like clean I guess off drugs to mm. get into the other side of fucking addiction yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta complete that circle Cause an addiction is It's very much a Kind of turmoil Cycle Yeah Of someone fa- Like falling in love With this substance Yeah The substance controlling And taking and over taking their over life, their life. Yeah. And them having to break up With that substance Yeah and get That's the that. second end Of that circle yeah. you gotta complete that Get on the other side Where you finally get over it Which is what's crazy About like a lot of Their later albums It sounds like they're talking About like breakup But mm-hmm. it's really just like Stopping drug addiction. Yeah, them trying to get sober. Which is crazy. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. no one ever yeah. knew that. Because it is like with addiction and shit, people don't realize this, I don't think. But yeah. the addict it has a relationship with whatever they're addicted to. Yeah. Like that's the type of, that's the feeling they get when they're in it. So it's like stopping and it's like hard, like one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. It's like stopping talking mm-hmm. to someone who you've been talking yeah. to. And when you know, like, when you're in love with someone and you know they're bad for you and you have yeah. to end that relationship, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. There's going to be some times where you're hitting them up late at night. There's going to be some times where you're just going through fucking rough moments of Facts. just missing it. But you got to, you, in order to better yourself and, you know, be the person you want to be, you got to have that discipline to yeah. say so like, no. I got the years in those albums, too. So All the right, first one year? about them on heroin, like when they're on heroin at their high, is in 91. Okay. Uh, Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic. It's like their high, their first number one charting mm-hmm. album. That's what got them up. And then Californication in 99 is where they released the song Scar Tissue, Other Side, Californication. Dream of Californication. Exactly. They're dreaming of a better life, you know, yeah. like Other Side, getting to the other side of addiction. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy album when you think about it. Like I've never really like until I read that like book. I've never really like thought about like all these things that like they're portraying in their songs that no one ever really kind of realizes. Kind of related to like other things, you know? Yeah. Because they don't ever directly talk about it, but like 
once and you know the Sublime film. is is kind Sublime of like is kind of similar. Yeah, they're kind of like vague in their message, so it kind of applies to a yeah. lot of people. And you can interpret it in many different ways. Exactly, which is exactly how this one is. Which is kind of why it's cool. Whether you're going through a breakup or you are dealing with substance abuse, just like how they were. Think that's what's cool because you can fall in love with it as a kid or like a teenager where you're like, oh, dude, this is just about, a, you know, bitches ain't shit. It's about yeah. a breakup. But then as you grow up and you kind of live life and you like make some mistakes and like right. maybe pick up a couple of like addictions. Yeah, exactly. Then you re-listen to the song and you're like, oh, shit, this hits so much deeper. Now. Exactly. Once you read like, I got to finish this book for sure. The second half. What's the book called? I honestly don't even remember. My cousin gave it to me for like three days, and I read half of it. It's just Anthony Kiedis' biography. It's just, gotcha. I, it might be self-titled, honestly. Gotcha. So is there any other fun facts about the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Honestly, that might be it. I feel like that's a Didn't few. they like perform naked or something? Isn't that like a big like gimmick they, they have? Flea's a crazy guy. That dude's from Australia. I was Every single time I like see a performance of theirs, they're always shirtless. Yeah. It was weird. So the main members, I'm pretty sure... Kiedis, for sure, went to Fairfax High School. And I think he started the band with two other guys from there. And they somehow met Flea, who's like some crazy dude from Australia. Just some bald dude. Yeah. Crazy drums, though. Crazy. So they took him on, doing crazy drugs, got them hooked on drugs. <laughs> and then they were all doing drugs. They're all crazy. Just and making music, somehow, doing drugs. Somehow Flea stuck, and Kiedis and Flea fucking just... Stuck Locked it out the in. whole time, and here they are. They're still going. Shit, dude. Performing at the Super Bowl and all that. Still have not broken up. It's crazy. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they, they have something that a lot of 90s bands don't have, which is staying power. Yeah, 20 years now, and they're still going. So. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, and even like 80s brand, bands, like a couple of them break up, or like yeah. some people will leave and then come back and fold. But 90s bands, I feel like they've all kind of broken up yeah like Matchbox 20 broke up now it's just Rob Thomas and he ain't making shit and then there's like Shaw Solo all this time I guess you two still together alright yeah that's a good good shit learn a lot about a good ass band any song recommendations that you give to just any anyone who wants to get into the Red Hot Chili Peppers what would you recommend by the way other side, under the bridge, Californication. In that order, too. Those four, I would say. Pretty good. Alright, sweet. Good shit. Alright, so the debate for this episode is a very nostalgic, kind of throwback Thursday type of debate. And it is what was the better channel to watch as a kid on cable TV? Disney Channel versus Nickelodeon. Now, when we're talking about these two channels, we're not talking about like the shit that's going on now. Fuck that stuff. We're talking about the OG, the 2000s, the good-ass TV shows that we all grew up watching. I'm talking about, for Disney Channel, we got Hannah Montana, Wizards of Waverly Place, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Step It Up, Jesse, all that type of shit. Nickelodeon, we got like Zoe 101, Victorious, iCarly, Drake and Josh, and all that. So, what uh, what are your guys' opinions? I'm with Ethan, and I'm with Sydney. I think that my big take on this is Nickelodeon 
was more of like an early childhood, very nostalgic time. Like Drake and Josh, Silly 101. So you were like, exposed to Nickelodeon before? Yeah. Even like Victorious, Nighttime, you get like fucking George Lopez coming yeah, on. Yeah, Nick at Nick night. night. when I'd wake up in a cold sweat at yeah, 3 a.m. Yeah, wake up at 3 a.m. and fucking you hear And it would be like, boom, George. dun, 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 you didn't like seeing a bunch of Mexican people jumping in the air in slow motion late at night. It's just very nostalgic to me. Dude, I love that shit. And then like Disney Channel is like more like second half, like I will say third, fourth quarter of childhood, where it's like you're watching fucking uh let's see, Wizard to Where Blue Place. Banger on Disney. Absolute fire of a show. All of those fucking shows on Disney Channel, fucking definitely hit second second like quarter. But I would say the better shows like I in Disney like Channel were definitely later in the, like the two thousands. They're like, later. When you got Jesse stepping up. You also got Disney XD where there Disney was, like, XD with the cartoons. Yeah, King of Kings, the cartoons. You got all that, that was shit. Good. So Disney was good. But it really comes Phineas down to... Phineas and Ferb, one of the Phineas best and cartoons. Phineas and Ferb is one of the most unmatched cartoons of ever. Like, that was... Ever. Mm-hmm. But it really, it really comes down to... Is it nostalgia over a good written cartoon, you know? Well, and that really is rich. the question. That's what we're debating right now. Is got, what is the better... Like, let's let's forget nostalgia, all right? We all yeah. grew up with all of our memories of all the places. And, like, exactly. going to our grandmother's houses and watching cartoons all day. But if we take a real good hindsight look back at it, what was better, Disney or Nickelodeon? Because I think Disney, it was really good at the early childhood. It was kind of childish. Not a lot of, like, super adult themes. It was all very kind of kiddie with, like, Hannah Montana and Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, all of the people were kind of just, like, um, dressed in layers and shit. A lot of censorship while Nickelodeon it was kind of mature with Nick and Knight George Lopez that's just a standard stand-up comedy not stand-up comedy a sitcom yeah was standing starring a stand-up comedian so obviously that's going to be a lot more family-oriented or even more teenage where I wouldn't even say that's family-oriented I think that's I think Nick at Night is oriented to like the parents who are watching like those cartoons with their kids and their kids are asleep and, and it just they, turns it into, turns on yeah. and like it's, like it's finally yeah. for it's a lot it's, it's a lot more mature them. content while you look at disney channel it's 24 7 kid shows every you, there is no mm-hmm. while like nickelodeon turns into nick at night even cartoon network which was during the day until like eight o'clock at night it's all cartoons for kids and then it turns into adult swim which is just South Park, Robot Chicken, and the Boondocks. Yes. Yeah, All great shows. From my professional opinion, as someone who's gone to like NYU and taken like classes on what good screenwriting is and everything like that, I like I'm here to be more of a moderator as to like what good content. So, what is. do you think the good? What do you think which I, has the better content? From my like personal and professional standpoint, I genuinely believe that Nickelodeon had the better content. And although I do believe out of every single show I ever watched, 
through my entire childhood, Phineas and Ferb was the best. Um, because my dad even would watch that with me because my dad's an engineer uh-huh. and he loved watching Phineas and Ferb because it kind of exposed children to Yeah, they like built a roller coaster in the first episode. It exposed children to engineering mm-hmm. and like discovering things yeah. at a young age. Um, it kind of did that. Um, although that is one of like the best shows from our generation. I do believe that Nickelodeon had the best screenwriting and the best ability to expose children Why to do you say that? all of it exposes children to all of the themes and the ideals like, that we themes need. Of like STEM. Yeah. Like, well not even, not even STEM. STEM. Like like late de- late like life development. Yeah, classes. life developmental themes that you need to know Choices when you're like lessons that like you have to learn. When you're going into life, like what you need to do. Disney's all this like hoopla and it's like all this dramatized like ooh I'm a wizard ooh I'm a movie star ooh I'm this ooh I'm that it's like a whereas Nickelodeon yeah whereas Nickelodeon Nickelodeon was more real and more true to the heart and you were making more real decisions that you can apply in real life like not to say now we'll say one one of the best like kid shows that did show a lot of diverse like situations that were realistic was a Disney show Good Luck Charlie. You remember that? It was oh, about a family. I did love Good different Luck kids in different stages of life. One was going to college, one was clearly college wasn't the best situation. One was juvenile and another was a five year old. It was different narratives and different stages of life. And I think that was a really good play on Disney. That was probably one of the more mature uh like TV shows that Disney Channel has. See, I forgot about that show because I didn't really like that show all that much, except for Bob Duncan. Stan Bob Duncan. Um, but Bob's a great guy. Bob is a great guy. No, I forgot about that show a little bit. Um, but most of the Disney channels is like very gimmicky, where it's like it's you get a preteen protagonist, you give them a special power, and they have to deal with that. That's yeah, they channel. get like a special power and they have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. What I'd rather do is like just throw them into like what we're dealing with, which is like with Victorious, like they were all in like a special art school. And like I'm a really artsy kid. I grew up like being in choir and like playing a lot of instruments and doing sports and stuff. So I really enjoyed seeing someone interested in what I'm doing, making similar decisions to what I'm making when I was like 12 and she was like 17. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed looking up to someone similar to me. Like, although I loved like Hannah Montana and seeing someone who was a movie star or like a pop star. Yeah. I like relating to someone. And I think that that's what made Nickelodeon hit more home to me. Mm -hmm. It's just that everything worked, but I think, like, iCarly, I too, is what made me want to start a YouTube channel when I was a kid, and I started a YouTube channel and amassed, like, a following of, like, 3,000 people, and made a lot of, like, internet friends based off of that, so, like, that helped me, too, and I really like everything with iCarly, and what other shows are on there? Drake and Josh, I adore. Drake and Josh, let him do his thing. Drake and Josh I really adored because it was honestly just like a family dynamic of a mixed family. It showed what it's like to have 
divorced parents and having your parents mm -hmm. remarry and it's a real thing that happens a lot and that's not something that Disney really talks about all that much and Nickelodeon really showed like real family dynamics yeah and I think that is <laughs> wait babe that's also kind of the point of the different networks is Nickelodeon is more realistic and they take those real life scenarios and that's where they base their television series off of but Disney, it takes more of a, I won't say supernatural, but kind of like, it's that Disney magic that adds It's the magic. Exactly. And that's what drives their series. And that is the difference between yeah. the two channels. And I get, and that's why, like, it's my personal opinion. I just don't, I've never been into Yeah, and I think that, magic. Yeah, and that's like, depending on if you're a realist or an escapist, really. Yeah, and I'm definitely a realist. I like being able to relate to things. I like seeing myself within characters. And Nickelodeon has amazing screenwriting. It's not cheesy. It's not shitty. It's not annoying. And I think Nickelodeon has its own problems. Like, obviously, Dan Schneider is a pedophile. Yeah, that is um, the... I was going to get to that, but I'll say it now. Is the cons between, like, Nickelodeon is... Or the, Dan like Schneider's the a pedophile and Disney stars turn into fucking crazy people. Yeah, because the Disney stars, when you look at them, they're all very repressed. Like, the the amount of clothes they're wearing is just layers upon layers upon layers. <laughs> they're completely controlled. And yeah, that like Disney creates a bunch of superstars and stuff, but every Disney star goes through a stage where they just become the super, like, I don't know, like, expose, like, risque character. Like, Miley Cyrus... And uh, they go through that because they've been repressed through their childhood and controlled so much that they need to act out. And because they act what out... What was the Amanda show on? That was Nickelodeon. Maybe it's just child stars in general. Yeah, 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 it's a bigger trend. But I'd say a majority of the child stars that acted out are Disney stars. Like Lindsay Lohan... Sorry, the cat's having like a field day in the little box right now. He's digging a hole to take a shit. That's what he's doing. Well, as long as he doesn't grunt. But, uh... Just give him a second. Yeah. Better! So the most repressed stars that acted out the most, I think, were Disney Channel stars, like Miley Cyrus and Lindsay Lohan. Demi Lovato. Also another Disney star. Yes, um, they're trans. Yeah. yeah. Like who, like out of the Nickelodeon stars, who do you think is the most like crazy batshit? Amanda Bynes. Yeah, and that was like from the and fucking '90s. Well, and uh, Drake. Uh, I don't know if Drake's actual. Oh, Drake Bell? Drake Bell, yeah. Drake Bell did some fuck shit in the past couple days. Fun yeah, that's nice. Yeah, same, same with my friend Miranda. I was in the Drake Bell, like, did some he, fuck like, shit. He, like, did child endangerment or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, child endangerment, but it was actually like he was trying to fuck some minors. But they like passed it off as like a child endangerment charge. Interesting. Yeah, but. But yeah, that's only two. It's only two to, compared to like a lot more with Disney. But in my opinion, I really value Nickelodeon's values over. But with Nickelodeon, you got the pervy producers. Well, Dan, Dan Schneider. Schneider was a perv, and Perfect. I absolutely do not agree with that. And I hate Dan Schneider as a person. But he didn't write those shows. Those shows had great writing. He was not the writer. He was just the producer. He funded the shows. Mm-hmm. And I get that. And those people who worked with him went through horrible things. But the shows that they did, we're just talking about the shows. Yeah. And what we watched. I mean, we did not like we, Harvey. He's not like Harvey Weinstein. He just made them like show their feet, right? Which is like creepy in itself. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was feet. Yeah, but it was, it was all like foot. I mean, you can go back and watch the episodes. There's a bunch I of foot shit yeah. with iCarly and Victoria's. And you're looking at them like, dude, a pervert had to fucking direct this. Yeah. And no. you don't see that shit in Disney. Like, it's just, a, it's, it's all censored shit. Yeah, I just. Dan Schneider is a gross man. Mm-hmm. And although he wasn't writing shit, he did produce it. So obviously he had a little bit to do with what we watched coming up. But I still think that I like Nickelodeon more. Mm-hmm. But now I kind of feel that. What's I would say Nickelodeon's probably got my favorite show, favorite two shows, where it was Drake, Drake and Josh, because it, ri- it reminded me a lot of my relationship with my cousin, because they were both the same age, but they were kind of both different sides of like the social spectrum, and I could relate a lot to that, because like my cousin was a lot more with like the sporty kids, I was more with the nerdy kids, it's like he was Drake and I was Josh. But, and then also Victorious, I really liked, because one, Victoria was hot, and also Ariana Grande. But then also, the cast was a lot more diverse, because you had like the weird kid with the, yeah, Andre was cool as fuck, but then you had the weird kid with the puppet, and then you had the cool, like, nonchalant, good-looking kid, and then the emo girl. I forget, but I liked them. And it was it was all a very diverse group of people that were acting as friends. I like that. A lot more diversity in mm-hmm. Nickelodeon as well. Yeah, Disney Channel it it didn't seem as diverse, and when they did try to get diverse, it seemed forced. It seemed like a token diversity. Yeah. So I feel like the consensus in the room is Nickelodeon. Yeah, I think so too. I like Nickelodeon. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I would say Nickelodeon probably. Although my favorite childhood show had has to be like Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, I mean my. Or like, Zoe One Hundred and One. Zoe One Hundred and One did get me through some shit. Zoe One Hundred and One was good. Uh, Zoe One Hundred and One is like one of the reasons why I applied to Pepperdine. So. <laughs> I mean, my end-all, be-all, like, Children's Network, definitely Cartoon Network. I never watched Cartoon Network. I loved Cartoon Network. Justice League was the best. But yes, I think our 
Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon over Disney. Yes. Yeah. There's no middle. Even though I just applied for a full-time job at Disney. I'm just, I, I guess like the middle, the middle of the coin would be just to watch all of them and like the cartoons and the shows that you like best and don't watch the ones that you don't want. That's what I did. And I didn't even have cable. I had to pirate them on the internet when I was like 12. Facts. <laughs> Alright, well, this is us signing off. Stay high. Later.